Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. On today's episode, we talked with NavPress Acquisitions Editor, Caitlin Carlson. Caitlin works on a variety of NavPress titles. All of them you can find on navpress.com. And it was apparent that Caitlin loves what she does. She loves working with the author. She loves shaping stories. She has her own history of how the job came about. And without Caitlin, a lot of the books that we publish would not exist. Yeah, so it was great to get another perspective from another editor because we've talked to other nonfiction and fiction editors here at Tyndale. So it was great to get the perspective of someone under a different publishing umbrella. So we hope you enjoy this episode episode. If you want to learn more about NavPress, you can visit navpress.com. Caitlin, thank you so much for taking time to be with Adam and me today. We're really grateful and are excited to talk with you. Oh, same. I'm, thanks for asking me. This is like, very fun. It's my first time doing this. <laughs> yes, of course. So can you give us a little information about your background and how you came to work for NavPress? Yeah, so um, my, my uh, our other acquisition editor, Dave Zimmerman, has asked me in the past uh, sort of what was the point at which I wanted to become an editor, and I was 12 years old. Um, I was reading uh, a young adult Christian fiction book, and it was riddled with errors, <laughs> and I thought, somebody has to have a job that's supposed to catch this stuff, and I'm catching it, so maybe that should be my job someday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to Cedarville University and majored in English. Um, which wasn't actually, it was great for critical thinking. It wasn't the best preparation for editing. The only editing class I took was uh, my senior year online. And I was, you know, had senioritis, was totally done with it. And I got like the worst grade I'd gotten in any class. Just <laughs> <laughs> done with school. Uh, but I uh, got an internship with David C. Cook in college. And uh, they're here in Colorado Springs as well. Uh, my mom basically forced me into the internship because I had a job that paid, and um, <laughs> I wanted to keep doing that. And this was an unpaid internship. I, uh, she she now takes full credit for my career because she forced me to do it, and um, it was fantastic. I I fell in love with the editorial process, with the you know kind of sitting with smart people talking about faith and writing, and um, just sort of soaking everything in from then. Uh, and when I graduated, uh, uh, the woman who had been um, sort of the editorial director at Cook uh, called me and said, would you be interested in a part-time copy editor position? Which I said, absolutely. Um, which is hilarious because I am not a great copy editor. Um, <laughs> which uh, I, I got burned out pretty quickly doing copy editing because it's so detail-oriented. Um, and it's, it's you know, you have to really, really, like, I have the utmost respect for copy editors because you got to catch everything. <laughs> um, so I, I, I got good at it because I had to, but I, I didn't enjoy being good at it. Mm-hmm. And I, my favorite part of the whole process was interacting with the authors. And so I, I saw the acquisitions and developmental editors and thought that looks like what I would really love to do because they get to have that just really close relationship with the author. They get to talk about the big ideas of the content um, and engage with the author and that that seems what I'd really like to do. So um, I, would, I was at Cook for about six years and um, our publisher at Nav Press was the publisher at Cook at the mm-hmm. time. And he, uh, for like the last three years I was there, kept saying, I'm trying to get you promoted. I'm trying to get you promoted. It was just, 
it's publishing industry. It's hard to <laughs> to always find ways to to move people forward. And um, so in I guess 2013, uh, it was right around the Tyndale Now Press Alliance when it first started in the fall of 2013. Don came to me, like pulled me into a conference room really secretively and said, I might be going somewhere. Do you want to come with me? I can't tell you where I'm going. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not creepy. Um, but, um, I trusted Don and I knew uh, like he's he's really invested in my career uh, over almost 10 years now. And um, I said, well, as long as I don't have to move, I would be interested. And he said, you don't have to move. And I was like, okay, that narrows it down to <laughs> publishers in Colorado Springs. Um, so uh, the really funny thing was after Don left Cook for Now Press, we were sort of in the initial conversations about me coming over, but I couldn't, like it wasn't for sure yet. Um, and, the, and the new publisher at Cook actually promoted me to acquisitions there, which was, uh, you know, I was just really bad timing and I felt really, really bad like two weeks later to be like, hey, so this happened. Um, but he was extremely gracious and they um, cheered me on as I as I went over to join Nav Press. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess that answers your question. That's how I got there. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm listening here. I'm trying to uncover a clue here to figure out what in your background led you to be able to win the uh, Tyndale and Nat Press March Madness bracket. Nothing, nothing in the background. I uh, I know nothing about college basketball. I read one Washington Post article that had some statistics in it and thought I'll sort of build my bracket around this, and that's what I did. So, um, yeah, David Geeslin gave me no uh, end of grief about that. He's the one that uh, told me to ask you about that. Of course he did. He was very excited to present it to me. They were out here, was it last week? And he turned on the Chariots of Fire theme song <laughs> and made a speech and presented me with the March Madness trophy. Uh, it was, it was a, an event. <laughs> very impressive. <laughs> um, so, Caitlin, can you describe for our listeners what your job actually is? So we throw these terms around all the time in our company, but... A lot of people don't quite understand what an acquisitions editor does. Yeah, absolutely. And ours, our um, role, I think, is a little bit different than acquisitions editors at Tyndale because we are um, six people in an editorial office here in Colorado Springs. So you kind of have to be jack of all trades. So my, my title acquisitions editor means that I um, am a part of the team of three, uh, myself, David Zimmerman, and our publisher, John Pape. And we acquire books um, to be part of the NAV Press line. Uh, we only do about 18 new titles a year, so it's not a, um, a substantially like heavy load to acquire um, books for our line, but it is very strategic um, because NAV Press is such a distinctive brand. Um, many books don't fit us. Um, they're great books, but they just, they, you know, we'll immediately look at it and say, yeah, this, this isn't NAF Press. Um, so that's part of my job. It's, it's, um, not only going out and identifying people who would be potential fit, um, for NAF Press, but also, you know, receiving proposals from agents and discerning that way as well. Um, it's, you know, engaging relationally, kind of getting to know the authors uh, and their agents and figuring out um, just digging a little deeper to make sure they're a fit. And then um, I also do the developmental editing, which is essentially big picture editing. It's um, engaging with the ideas of the book, saying, uh, does this all fit? 
uh, should we restructure? Uh, should we move this chapter here? Should we cut a chapter here? Should we, you know, this whole line of thinking is a rabbit trail, let's get rid of it. And all the way down to line editing, um, I just finished an edit that was very heavy on line editing just because the um, author, I think, uh, was, was uh, <laughs> recording himself and it was just transcribing. Uh, so I was getting just a transcription uh, versus something I'd written out. So there was a lot of just sort of going through that. And cause you're, you know, when someone speaks aloud, their thought process is very different right. uh, than writing. So it was working with him through how to um, make it more like a, a readable as a book, um, which is a, which is a really enjoyable process actually. Um, and he, he's always great to work with on that. So um, I do that and then I uh, essentially stick with the author through the entire process. So once we're done with the copy editing, which thank goodness we now have a copy editor at uh, Nav Press, I <laughs> used to have to also do uh, our other editor and I would swap projects and do each other's copy edits and neither of us are particularly skilled at that. So um, we're really thrilled to have a copy editor now and she's brilliant at what she does. So she does that and then we um, upload the files to the Tyndale team um, and you all take it over from there, but we're still engaged at every point of the process. And on all the marketing calls, I present to the sales team. Um, the author comes to me with any questions that they're like, I don't know who to go to with this. And I'll say, oh, you need to talk to Robin or you need to, you know, I, let me check with the editorial services team at Tyndale on this question. So um, I'm the, sort of the main point of contact for the authors uh, and the author relationship all the way through the process and beyond. So it's um, it's never boring. It's, uh, <laughs> it's juggling a lot of things at once, and I I really love it. It's it's pretty much my dream job. So, how often would you say you're um, taking taking on pitches from agents and authors directly versus seeking out um, someone to write a project? It's probably like eighty twenty, um, just because um, and we're trying to to figure out that balance a little bit more because, um, again, because now press is such a distinctive brand, just simply sort of passively receiving isn't always the, the best approach. Um, but because I'm relatively new to acquisitions, um, as far as I guess I really only about three and a half years now, um, it's been a process of me sort of learning how to go out and find those people and how to identify. Um, so I'm getting a lot better at it, but I still have a lot of growing to do. Um, but and I'm getting a lot more confident at it, which is good too. Because uh, when I first started, uh, I told uh, my boss, I said, I just feel bad asking people if they're writing something. Like I don't want to impose. He said, That's your job. Like, <laughs> like if they don't, if they're not a fit, they're not a fit. Like, and and the, he gave me great advice. He said, um, the relationship is what's most important. And so if you connect well with someone, um, and um, if you like really feel like from a ministry standpoint, from a discipleship standpoint, and from a relational standpoint, like that you work well together, like great. And if not, then they're not for Nav Press, you know? And so um, I had one experience where like I had like a panic attack pretty much right before meeting with a potential author and it, the meeting went really badly and I just felt awful afterwards. And Don said to me, don't worry about it. It's not. It's not meant to be. You guys didn't click. That's fine, and that just takes a lot of the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Caitlin, you talk a lot about being true to NavPress's mission, wanting 
to form a brand identity? How do you walk the line of staying true, but also not publishing redundant content? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So when we uh, came in as a team, essentially we're a brand new team uh, that all came in about three and a half years ago. So we came in to uh, a context where there was an organization behind NavPress, the Navigators, that has a defined identity of discipleship. But then there was NavPress that didn't have a strongly uh, defined identity. At that point, it used to. um, And it it sort of, I think, got off track a little bit in in the last decade or so. And so um, part of our initial exercise was, who, who is NavPress? Because we can't just yeah, you're right. We can't just um, publish straightforward, like how to disciple someone resources. That's, you know, that's part of what we do. But discipleship is a really, can be a really broad process. It's not going to look the same in every context and every relationship. So a lot of our content is, um, I would say, class. I would classify it as spiritual formation. Um, and so we see the author sort of as the discipler of the reader. Uh, that they're walking the reader through a process of of spiritual formation, transformation, um, and our goal is that every book um, the reader would come away saying, "I am I am different than I uh, than I was when I started this book." Um, so that that gives us a lot of leeway. Um, it can be a marriage book, it can be a parenting book, uh, it can be a general kind of Christian living book, Bible studies, anything that. Um, that we can say tangibly, we believe this will be transformative in somebody's walk with Christ. And um, also products that will equip them to go disciple others. It will encourage them not to just stay where they are, but to go out and pass along what they've learned, um, walk someone else through the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's well said. There's such a variety that comes from Nav Press, but there's one, there's a string that attaches them all, and that's the theme of Christ centered discipleship. And that's what I think makes the resources so complimentary. I mean, we promote them. That's what we do here at Tyndale's advertising for Nav Press. And um, it's so, we find it really easy to pull together promotions because we know what you guys are about. And, and that really helps. Sometimes even easier than Tyndale because there's a few more categories uh, that we work on. Well, that's great to hear. It means that we're yeah. doing something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, Caitlin, what does your literary life look like? How do you, uh, how do you continue to love words and reading and writing, especially since it's your job? That's a that's a really good question. Um, I think it's actually easier for me um, at Nav Press than it was at my previous publishing job because I'm doing largely nonfiction. Um, I love to read fiction. And so when I was doing more fiction as part of my job, it was harder to sort of find that line of what feels like work, even though I love my work, and what feels like a getaway and a way to relax. So um, I love, like, I'm sort of on a thriller kick right now, um, and I'm also working my way through, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, the Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell book, but it's like, it's massively thick, um, and it's, brilliantly done it's a it's fiction but there's like it's written like there, it's a, a an academic book and there are footnotes but it's <laughs> it's ridiculous footnotes um so but it takes it's taking me a while to get through mm-hmm. um so but i i tend to you know uh don gets our my boss gets a lot of um 
freebie fiction books from other places because he's worked at a lot of different publishers. So he'll leave books on my desk and say, okay, just, you know, this isn't CBA. And I, I'll tell him, you know, Don, I don't, which is, you know, Christian books. And I say, I don't really read Christian books outside of work just because I do need to draw that line, um, to be able to give everything that I have to the books that I'm working on and also be able to pull back and enjoy and not feel like I'm editing something as I'm reading yeah. for uh, <laughs> Do you have anything that you're currently working on that you're excited about or maybe something unique um, that you've been working on? Hmm. I mean, I, I'm really excited right now. Um, it's not necessarily, uh, it's a project I edited last fall and the author's in the midst of, in midst of the launch right now. Um, but this particular author, Trisha Lott Williford, has become a really dear friend of mine. Um, she lives about an hour away. Um, and in the process of editing and stuff, I've just, I have crazy respect for her as a person and um, as a friend. And seeing her go through the launch process, she's created this incredible launch team um, where uh, it's a Facebook group, about 100 people. And um, this amazing community has formed around the book. It's a, a book about being a woman of confidence. And this is 100 women, a lot of whom don't know each other who are gathering, praying for each other, encouraging each other, calling out the, the giftings they see in each other. Um, and it's all merging around this book um, and Trisha's heart for the book. Um, so that's been really exciting to watch because she and I, were, you know, when we were working on it last fall, we were both saying to each other, we feel like this is something special. We feel like God could, could really do something amazing in women's lives with this book. And now we're seeing it happen. Um, so that's been, that's been really incredible to watch. Um, <laughs> As far as edits go, I mean, they're so varied, um, and I, I'm like, I really loved the one I just did. I mentioned uh, the marriage book because it, like, had sort of the bones, the straightforward bones of a marriage book. As far as you know, a chapter on finances and a chapter on communication and stuff like that. But it was so different, um, and it was a, a challenge to sort of figure out how do all these pieces fit together. Um, what's the best way to communicate the author's heart? while also balancing sort of what people expect from a marriage book. Um, yeah, and then I, I uh, one, one of my projects that just released back in March, um, I believe you guys interviewed Catherine McNeil um, mm -hmm. on the podcast. Um, that was really an exciting one for me because I, um, it, the book itself is about really honoring motherhood um, and validating the, the spiritual worth of motherhood and I read it I read the proposal when I was uh, eight months pregnant with my son and I um, was just so struck by man I feel like I'm probably really gonna need this <laughs> in, in a couple months and um, the day I got home from the hospital her agent called me and he said I know that you are on maternity leave but I want to tell you that uh, Catherine wants to work with you so I got to read that book and work on that book um, throughout my son's first year of life and engaged with Catherine um, on the content it, when I was living it. Um, so I've, I've been really excited seeing that one go out into the world and seeing other women experience um, what I experienced. Uh, Catherine had one woman come up to her just recently. Uh, she spoke at a church and the woman said, I was in uh, some deep postpartum depression two months ago. And I read your book, and God really used it to help bring me out of that dark place. Like, that's, you can't make that stuff up. Like, it's amazing what God can do with the written word. So, awesome. yeah.
Yeah, that was my wife's favorite book that she's read this year. So she was really happy about that one. Oh, I'm glad. It's, a, it's an exceptional book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it must be really neat for you to not only develop books, but develop people. It sounds like you really go hand in hand with the authors. And it sounds like you have a real heart to encourage and equip people. And I think that even on your hardest days of editing or things are just seem dreary and you're not getting anywhere, at least you remember that there's a person with a story and other people with stories who will benefit from what's written. Absolutely. Um, I The reason I wanted to go into this job was because of the relational aspect. And um, something that we've observed, something that our team at Tindale has observed that is that NavPress is sort of this family, um, and our authors are part of that family. Our Tyndale team is part of that family. Um, I was traveling back uh, from a, a trip to Chicago out to see you all, um, and I was sitting on the shuttle at the Denver International Airport with uh, two of my coworkers, and we were talking about work, and a guy next to us said, oh, are you guys in Christian publishing? And I said, yes, yes, we are. Uh, we're at Nav Press, and he said, Oh, I've heard of you guys. You're like a family. Oh. Um, and that was just, it was crazy, but it's, it's true. Um, and it's, it's a real gift of, uh, like we didn't set out planning on that. Um, but, but we aren't just stewarding other people's words. We're stewarding, stewarding their relationships and their ministries and we're partnering with them. Um, and a really amazing dynamic has emerged out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you show that well. Very much oh, so. <laughs> yeah. So if people were to learn more about NavPress, your mission, or, you know, the upcoming books, where should they go? Hmm. Well, uh, probably NavPress.com would be the main place. Um, uh, check out our Facebook page. There's, um, you guys are, I think, a big part of that as well. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, the Disciple Maker blog is... Uh, um, a really great resource. It's a lot of articles and um, discipleship resources, and um, our marketing team is really working to make that more robust as well. Uh, so it's a really great place to find, um, you know, devotional content or inspirational content or discipleship content. Yeah. And maybe a future March Madness tip. You know. <laughs> Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> You're good at many things, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's all we have for you today, Caitlin. We're so grateful for what you're doing, for your time, and for how passionate you are about getting the word out there. Thank you. Thank you both. This has been so fun. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.